Momentum Podcast, helping you develop a partner network that enables ministry to happen. Fundraising made relational. That, that's I, that's great. I may I may steal. I can't steal it. It's in a book. It's probably copyrighted. Well, I mean, you can kind of steal it. That's fine. Okay, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> See how that works. And welcome back to the Momentum Podcast. My name is Daryl Parsons. I am one of the Momentum Ministry Partner Development Coaches with YFC Canada and just absolutely thrilled to have Jen Fortner with me again for part two of kind of Jen's top four, the questions that Jen gets asked as a ministry partner coach with uh, the Assemblies of God World Missions. Uh, And Jen, thanks again for taking time to be part of these conversations we we just appreciate it so much yeah so so happy to be here loved doing uh the first part and excited to continue on with these questions i was i was i was stoked i was like i was kind of hanging on a lot of your words because you you had so much uh you know wisdom and insight from your experience uh as a as a coach and as a frontline uh ministry staff raising support of course uh if you want to hear jen's uh a little bit of jen's background i would encourage you just to listen to that last podcast and uh you'll get a bit of an introduction maybe maybe you want to hit pause right now is that okay to ask people to do that I think. <laughs> but you could go back and listen to the first podcast uh, before this one here. To, to Actually, you could go back to the beginning and listen to every single podcast, I guess. That would be cool, too. Um, and, uh, and, and and learn from some of the experience uh, and wisdom of those that have uh, been so willing to contribute. And uh, Jen, uh, is, is it's just fantastic uh, to, to hear from you because of your experience working with new staff, your questions that, uh, that you get asked most often. Uh, um, are ones that we hear a lot at uh, Youth for Christ as well from our new staff. So, you know, last time uh, we talked about how you do good follow-up and keep it from being awkward. And we also mm-hmm. talked about what you do if uh, you can't reach someone on the phone. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to start out with a, what I think is a biggie. And, and uh, it, it's all about social media. Mm-hmm. You know, what what should I post on social media? How? Yeah, how that's one of the... Use the... social media. That's definitely one of the questions that I get asked most often as a coach mm-hmm. with um, my missionaries is, man, what should I post on social media? How do I do this? And, you know, just to add a little bit of a, a feature here for us with the Assemblies of God World Missions, we also have a lot of sensitivity issues because our missionaries are going to places that, you know, they cannot post on the Internet. So we have to kind of find different ways of doing things. And I don't know how it works for you guys, Daryl, but we definitely have to take that into consideration. So I think one of the first things to do is find out what is best as far as how you want to post and what kind of group you want to form. So whether it's closed or an open group, or you just create a page that's dedicated to your ministry that isn't your personal account, or maybe you're posting things in your personal account. So I think maybe, and the last option is the secret Facebook group. And that's, you know, you you have to kind of get added by the the administrator for that group and it's completely closed and mm-hmm. obviously nothing is completely uh secure on facebook if you're posting something yes. as far as your location or whatever but you know that's the the most um security that one would have so i think right. picking that type like what type do you want as far as a group 
where a page goes is probably one of the most important things just to figure out what works best with your ministry and what you want to mm -hmm. um, put out there. So that That's a good thought. I, I, I'd be interested in hearing what you think uh, my approach was. I, I created a, a secret Facebook group for my supporters and kind of prayer partners, uh, mm -hmm. specifically, not because I was sensitive, you know, in terms of being in a closed country, of course, uh, uh, here in Canada, we don't have that issue. But I, I felt like I wanted to make sure I was targeting my my uh, friends, you know, particularly my my, my Christian friends, my, my f folks who were believers uh, mm -hmm. with with updates about ministry and uh, and things and uh, didn't want to necessarily um, do that on my broader Facebook because I have a lot of non-Christian friends. Right. And I didn't want them to get the wrong idea that, you know, what I was doing was somehow a financial thing. Does, right. that, does that make sense? That absolutely makes sense. And I really agree with that, Daryl, because uh, a lot of times on the Internet, we might we might be tempted to send mass Facebook messages. We might be tempted to, you know, start asking on uh, Facebook for um, support. And I really tend to think that there's a more relational, better way of doing things than doing that um, and uh, possibly reserving that for face-to-face -face appeals mm -hmm. and more relational um, aspects of asking. So I'd steer clear of that for the most part. Yes. Um, I, I will. So I think that that's exactly how I would set it up with, mm -hmm. you know, my parameters. But I do think that it is different for folks, depending on what they want to do with it. But in your case, if you're wanting to, it's almost like an update sort of slash going beyond the newsletter, but kind of newslettery items mm -hmm. in your, your posts, yeah. um, more about getting information to the people that support you mm -hmm. already. I think going with a secret group is probably a really great way or a closed group mm -hmm. um, way of doing it. But obviously if you're going to a secure location and you cannot talk about where you're going, yeah. um, a secret Facebook group is what you need to do. So, right. Right. Um, so yeah, so let's assume that you're doing a secret Facebook group because mm -hmm. you know, you could pick that and, just like you're serving your population, you're not you're not concerned with security so much as it is. You just want that group of kind of close knit people that are Christians and whatnot mm -hmm. um, on your group. So I would set it up that way. I think that that's a really great way. So say you do, um, you know, I think that uh, a couple things to keep in mind if you have a group on Facebook is. One, every time you post on your secret Facebook group, Daryl, um, your people actually, the people that are in that group actually get a notification that you have posted. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not just like they might see it based off of the algorithm. They get a, a notification. That means, Daryl, if you're posting four or five times a day, it's going to get annoying. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, so, so a lot of people don't think about that. I, and Jen, I never posts. thought about that. I'll be honest. That's a new, I yeah. fortunately don't post four or five times a day. But yep, but wow. some people do. Okay. And I think it's something to be mindful of because a mm -hmm. lot of social media, you know, gurus or people that are going to be helping out in the area of partnership development are mm -hmm. going to tell you post at least once a day. Um, but that is if you have a page and if you have a group, mm -hmm. that group is going to be notified every single time you post. I so see. you don't want to post over post. And I think a sweet spot would probably be to post two to three times a week, maybe okay. a little bit more than that, but yeah. probably not much more than that. Makes sense. Does that make sense? It's totally okay. makes sense. So with that two to three.
three times a week that you're going to be posting because somebody's going to get a notification every time you post. Um, what content do I put on there? You could run the gamut with this. Yes. I would say a really great place to get um, some thoughts is to start following other people in ministry that have groups and see what they're doing. I mm -hmm. always think that that's a, I'm a fan of that because you never know what creative idea that somebody else is going to have that's going to trigger one of your own. Right. Um, and you are going to find out what you enjoy looking at as far as getting news from another you know, missionary or Christian worker um, from that context. So I think that trying to find a few in your organization to yes. follow might be a good idea yeah. and a great way to start. That's a great idea. And maybe you could, I, I would even say you could look for people from, uh, for us, we could be looking for people within Use for Christ, but uh, we could also look even to others outside for more ideas as well. So join some of those groups of your, your fellow, you know, staff, right? And use it mm -hmm. as a way to uh, encourage and spur creativity. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And as far as other content, you know, like general generalities of things, good things to post is, um, you know, just thinking of you, like saying thank you to our support team, uh, things like having scripture verses that are moving to you. If you are, um, you know, speaking at a church or speaking at a small group, even while you're raising your funds, mm -hmm. you might click a picture of that and say, hey, we're out here, you know, still building up our team. Thanks so much for supporting uh, we were in Michigan today or whatever it is, you know, you're giving little updates. And obviously, whenever you're on the field, that will change to updates as far as what's going on in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, so anything with pictures or videos, uh, short videos of, you know, what's happening, where you're going, even if you're I've seen videos of missionaries when they're in the car, you know, driving to a, another church service to speak. Yes. Um, and with their kids in the background, just waving, it's so cute and it's so it's so um, relatable. Assuming Things not like while that. you're driving. Yeah, probably when you're in the passenger seat. I'm not sure not what kind I'm of laws driving. you have about that in <laughs> Missouri. Right. <laughs> yeah, but but um, up here you shouldn't be driving and filming. I'm thinking. Correct. Yes, I'm not I'm not a proponent of that. Um, but uh, thing, if you send a newsletter saying, hey, did you get a chance to read our news, newest newsletter? If you haven't, yep. let me know and I'll send it to you. Put a picture up of your newest newsletter. Right. Uh, and, you know, as far as ministry context goes, um, you know, I'm probably not telling you anything you don't know, but anything ministry active, um, yeah. you know, if you're building a building, if you're digging something, if you're talking to somebody over coffee, um, obviously you want to be, you know, cautious of taking pictures of other people and making sure you're not plastering them, uh, without their knowledge or consent, or if you don't think right. that might be a good idea. Yeah. Um, and obviously staying away from things that are political or divisive is probably definitely a good idea on your hmm. secret Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> ministry. It's interesting because, uh, sometimes I've discovered on Facebook, you don't know something's going to be divisive until after you've posted <laughs> it, which yeah. is a whole other challenge. Yep. Uh, but yeah, in terms of photos, one of those uh, areas, especially, you know, for an organization like YFC, we do work with youth. So if you're taking photos in your ministry context, you want to be conscientious of uh, any policies that your chapter has around sharing. Uh, you may need release forms if you have people in those photos, right? There's all these different considerations. Right. Um, yeah, but yeah. if you're taking backs of heads, it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, if there's a crowd of people at an event... Nice. Um, Take it from where you're standing. Mm -hmm. So, um, so Jen, uh, I think you said earlier uh, you shouldn't ask for money in any of your Facebook right. posts. 
is it confession time? Sure. I like confession time. Do it. Okay, Jen, my name's Daryl. <laughs> and I have asked for money on Facebook. Actually, so have I, Daryl. I'll confess with you. Okay. But I've got to, but tell me, tell me your context. <clears throat> I, <laughs> I think that the, I think, I think that it was wrong. I, I, I think the temptation was maybe this is low hanging fruit and mm -hmm. I can just, I can, I can share it uh, on, on, you mm -hmm. know, Hey, I'd like to find a few more partners. This is what I'm doing. If you're interested in giving, here's my link. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, I, I'm not sure. I, I do feel like maybe I was hoping, you know, that a few people would just click that link and uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't uh, necessarily, you know, have to do all the work of making the calls and doing the follow-up with some people. Mm -hmm. So there and, you go. You know, now I've Confession been... time, you are not alone. Hmm. I think a lot of people are in that space with, uh, with social media thinking, okay, if I'm, you know, if I'm just going to post information, well, I'm going to have to ask a couple times too, but I really do think that that should be reserved for more relational um, spots. However, I do on, on my blog, I have got a whole spiel on Facebook campaigns. Okay. And I do think that on Facebook, I think that you should not ask for finances on Facebook or anywhere else on social media unless it is a concentrated time with a concentrated goal. Okay. Ooh. So typically oh, what I tell my missionaries, now. and this is a whole other ball of wax in okay. the weeds here, yep. but, um, but essentially this, the long and short of it is, uh, if I am around 80% raised mm -hmm. and I've only got a certain amount, like say, you know, 500 in monthly support left to go until I can get to a hundred percent. Yes. I might do what's called a Facebook campaign. Okay. And again, I've got information on this in my blog, mm -hmm. but it is a, there's a goal um, of a certain amount of time. So I've got 10 days. I want, you know, 15 people at uh, $50 a month in 10 days or something along those lines. And all of those 10 days, what I do, Daryl, is I have 10 to 15, maybe even 20 people mm -hmm. posting on their walls on my behalf during that concentrated time only. And what there's a graphic that sort of runs and gives basic information on what I'm doing. And then also there's videos and fun things that you can do and mm. during that time frame. But it's only for that concentrated time because okay. it's not going to wear people out with too many requests. It's not going to be like, if I happen to look at this, oh, I'm just going to not look at this. But it really is for a concentrated amount of time. And it really does work best once you're past that 80% mark mm -hmm. and it gives people the opportunity that um maybe couldn't give an opportunity to help you by becoming what i call a campaigner yes. and they're posting on their walls on your behalf okay um and there's also you know opportunity for people that have never heard of you or your ministry to get involved um all kinds of reasons why this can be really helpful but i have seen daryl raise uh, people raise a lot of monthly support and a lot of one-time gifts from these Facebook campaigns. However, you have got to do it right and very, very well and pay attention during that time frame of your campaign 
Mm -hmm. um, for it to be successful. Well, you're making me feel a little better about what I did then, because I think I got a little closer to some of your uh, guidelines on that one. Wow, that's a load off my... I really thought that I had done a terrible... Um, Jen, Jen, you did mention, though, um, that that undertaking that sort of campaign, and obviously if somebody wants to investigate that in more detail, uh, they'll be Mm -hmm. able to look at your blog for that, right? Um, Uh, Yeah. uh, I think you said 80%. Uh, It was kind of a a percentage, Mm -hmm. right? You want to be at around at least 80% before you do that? Yes, 75, 80%. Because here's the thing is, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to spend your capital with, if if I'm going to go off guns blazing as soon as I get to, you know, approved and I'm going to start raising my funds and the first thing I do is a fundraising um, uh, Facebook campaign, mm-hmm. people are going to think that I'm maybe not as relational and as intentional as I actually am. Okay. So if I'm at 80% and I do a Facebook campaign, I've already talked to the majority of my contacts. Ah. I've already talked to people and I've already talked to them face to face and the most relational means possible mm-hmm. before I start talking to them on Facebook. So they get the best impression of me um, from the get go because I've already invited them relationally to join some aspect of my team. I love it. Relationship first. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think too, there's a, I, I often say no matter where you're sharing, like if it's, if, if it's a presentation to a group or something, I always caution people, make sure you don't tell everybody everything in that you know, informal, un- less relational context, even the letter, for example, you want to leave space for the conversation for pe- for <laughs> you to be able to tell people something right. new and exciting and share your heart with them, right? If you try to tell yeah. them uh, everything uh, on, on social media then and ask for an appointment, they could maybe ask you why. You've already told me everything, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so, that's so good. There's there's some different thoughts, but uh, I really appreciate that. Any any other thoughts maybe on social media that 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 you didn't touch on there? You know, I think that's I think that's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for the you know if if you are going to have a secret group on Facebook, there's different ways of thinking about it. But my favorite way personally is I like to do a slow burn of adding people to my secret Facebook group or my closed Facebook group. And I add them once I've talked to them relationally, personally, face to face about joining some aspect of my team. Mm-hmm. So I keep my Facebook secret group, um, you know, people that already know what I'm doing and have already been asked and already been talked to because of those notifications and because of, you know, have you ever been added to a group, Daryl, or anyone in, you know, listening to this? Have you ever been added to a group mm-hmm. where you didn't know what the purpose was? You, <laughs> you didn't, didn't ask really care, to be added. <laughs> and you're just looking at it like, what is this? But instead, I'm really a fan of slow, like slow burn adding um, my contacts that I have talked to personally. And I tell them that I'm going to be adding them to a Facebook group because the buy-in is much higher. And right. so the relational aspect remains intact, even if I've been just posting on Facebook. So it it keeps everybody informed, but it's also a personal, you know, touch because you have talked to them personally about it before. Yeah. Yeah. You don't run the risk of ticking somebody off by just adding them to your group and then. (laughs) Right. It's kind of like newsletters. Same thing. You're not going to just add everybody and 350 people to your newsletter and ask them for money. That's not the best way probably to approach a newsletter situation. Well, you get questions about newsletters as well. You said that was actually number four, wasn't it? Was people asking. We're getting to 
it, right? Yeah. Um, what yeah. do they so ask you? Question. Yeah, go ahead. What do they ask you about newsletters? What What's the big question? Really, just it's what should I put in my newsletter? Mm-hmm. How often should I send it? I mean, you you name it. Just with the newsletters, a lot of people, the the people that are new staff are kind of like, okay, newsletters are a big deal. We get it. But what should I do with them? And mm-hmm. uh, how should I approach this? Okay. So, yeah. So what what do you tell people when they ask those types of questions? Yeah. So with a newsletter, um, you know, our organization tells us that the bare minimum is quarterly. We okay. have to have uh, one go one go out once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, obviously tell my staff that minimum and the requirements within an organization. And I'm sure you guys have your own or um, perhaps have your own. But uh, so we do that. And then our organization also makes you send out one paper newsletter um, a year yes. and then the rest of them can be electronic okay so uh i i tell everybody in the the beginning like hey figure out how you're going to send out your electronic newsletters because unless you want to send everything out as a snail mail which is fine um you can also need to set up a template mm-hmm. uh with mailchimp or constant contact or something along those yes. lines mm-hmm. um that is going to be uh kind of and you know i, I inform them too with mailchimp you can't just print a new a newsletter from MailChimp and that's just your paper newsletter you kind of have to set it up both ways so right yeah yeah so the, you know and then branding is a whole separate thing i won't get into and all of that kind of thing but right. um as far as just this content goes with newsletters mm-hmm. my basic rule of thumb is keeping it 70 percent um ministry active 10 percent bullet points of prayer requests 10 percent um, personal and 10% like informational. Right. So 70, but it doesn't need to be, for instance, you know, in my context um, with Assemblies of God World Missions, we have people going to some pretty exotic, cool places. Yes. Um, however, here in the States, in Springfield, Missouri, when in the middle of the summer, when it's blazing hot, I don't want to see pictures of people, you know, riding camels or doing fun things with, <laughs> alpacas or whatever it is um whenever i'm stuck in my office so i keep it i I really recommend people keeping it ministry active and that sounds you know obviously they want to see you in context but keeping it to where there are pictures of the students that you're working with or the population that you're working with is very very important um so it doesn't look like you're just on a vacation you know that and let's just let you know let's tie that back to social media as well Mm -hmm. uh you have to be very conscientious (laughs) and 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 this is and this is um this is a th- probably true, you know, if you have your ministry group on social media, you might also want to just think a little bit about your public social media profile, right? Mm-hmm. Does it yeah, look absolutely. like that your life is just a party and you're never doing anything serious? Because <laughs> uh, right. th- that could potentially communicate the wrong thing to your partners, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. And then, you know, it doesn't I think newsletters doesn't have to be an expose on everything that you're learning in your life, but it should relate to obviously ministry activity, what you've been working on. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't need to be that long. I think a lot of times we try to overdo our newsletters with too much information. And a lot of times people don't have time, the time to read everything that we're writing. So mm. keeping it short and sweet and to the point and always saying thank you to your supporters yes. is fine. Yes. Um, yeah. 
yeah and obviously having pictures and all of that mm -hmm. as well but we don't have to have a huge expose of everything that the lord is teaching us and everything that god did um obviously you need to keep it informative mm -hmm. and you want to highlight those things um but it doesn't need to be four pages long or even two pages long it can be like a page page and a half that's fine yeah so well that uh yeah the, uh, i think the, a rule of thumb that that often works well is perhaps shorter and more frequent is better than mm -hmm. less frequent yep. and excruciatingly painfully long. Correct. <laughs> You've said it well. Yeah. Encapsulated it well. Yes. yes. But I fortunately have also had good uh, good teachers and mentors as well. And uh, we, we have uh, a previous version of uh, recording of the Momentum podcast with a uh, YFC staffer named Andrew uh, Chong uh, from Vancouver area who uh, was a professional journalist and uh, gave us some great ideas on uh, creating uh, professional uh, and well-crafted communications for newsletters. So I'm going to have to check that one out. Yeah, there's a plug uh, for that as well if you're looking for more, uh, more thoughts on uh, your newsletters and content. Did you have any other big newsletter thoughts? You know, no, I just, I think that I, I stress the importance of the, the no vacation and 70% ministry active, 10% mm -hmm. bullet points of prayer requests, 10% personal items. Mm -hmm. um, you know, nobody wants to read probably two pages on, you know, your kid's kindergarten graduation. So keeping that to a minimum is probably a good idea. And mm -hmm. then 10% uh, informational. And obviously, you know, people are, it's easy to miss things like, okay, if you have a account number that they need to know, if they're, you know, curious about that, or a um, a mailing address, ways to get a hold of you, that kind of thing. And, and that stuff goes without saying, but it is a good reminder. And Very having good. good branding really does make yes. a good newsletter. And, and, and you have to think about those things too. Like, for example, if uh, partners, you, you, may not, you may not want partners sending their partnership um, material or sorry responses like checks to your home address right it may oh, sure. you know yeah, you, it probably should be going to your to your office so you want to make sure you communicate that type of with that type of clarity and mm -hmm. uh for example uh in in youth for christ here in canada uh, you you really need to make sure that you are uh, in line with any of the policies and procedures of your chapter which may have different expectations on certain aspects of branding and uh, as well as frequency of, of communications and stuff. So uh, these are great suggestions and ideas, but we do want to encourage people to make sure that you, uh, you know, keep <laughs> in, uh, you keep in compliance with any of the expectations from your chapter. Yeah, yeah, well, see, you, Jen, don't have to worry about that because you don't work for OFC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we, we got our own thing going on here, Daryl. So, yes. I, I believe that. I believe that. <laughs> but uh, but that consistency is important, right? Um, mm -hmm. Representing our our organization and our ministry well, right, is is actually really important. So absolutely, we do encourage that sort of thing. Uh, Jen, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to share your uh, your top questions with us and and some answers uh, it has been a, a just a wonderful conversation and I believe anybody who's had the opportunity to listen uh, to these uh, these two podcasts will uh, have uh, come away with some ideas and some encouragement so thank you yeah you are so welcome and I hope this was a, a good conversation for you all and uh yeah, just prayers to everybody out there raising their support. And mm -hmm. you've got this. You can do this. 
all of the things. Mm-hmm. Jen, if people want to check out your resources again, uh, your blog and, and uh, things that you've posted, where, where will they find that stuff? Yeah, you can find that at jenfortner.com. I've got a book yep. um, on there as well and a lot of blog posts. Yep. So Jen is uh, J-E-N-N. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, Fortner, F-O-R-T-N-E-R, jenfortner.com. And you got a book available uh, electronically on uh, perhaps Amazon? I do. Uh, you Amazon. can find it on Amazon or yep. wherever you get your books um, online, and you can find that as well on the on the blog. What's on the uh, title of your book? It is Financial Partnership Development, uh, Fundraising Made Relational. I love that tag, Fundraising Made Relational. That, that's, uh, that's great. I mean... I may steal I can't steal it it's in a book it's probably copyrighted well I mean you can't kind of steal it that's fine okay I'll give it a shot (laughs) well thanks again Jen and uh, you have a great day hey thank you so much thanks guys